<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. And evil. Not our real names. Not our real names. Nailed it. Everybody says so. We are busy. I mean, we got some slow times coming up, but it's still been. I got a little. I got a little work story. I'm going to open with once we go through our sweet. Yeah, it 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 couldn't have been more serendipitous. It couldn't have been more coincidental. It couldn't have been more all that presumptuous, crazy. I like the way spicy. You're you're shaking your shoulders. Yes, I'm I'm trying to. Movement. <laughs> eh? I feel a lot of pride in this room. The edibles have kicked in. The <laughs> I say. Ryan's a little louder than me right now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just fucking around. I, I miss How this. I, I honestly was thinking, um We should do this every day. I yeah. Um I love doing this podcast. I really do. It's super fun. I love I love it too, and I love showing off my Jamie gum. Now I've asked you this before: Have you worn that shirt outside of this podcast? Before? I have yeah. not. It's so that. fun. You already wore. Rick, are you just looking at things around the room and saying that you love them? I love mugs. I love I love <laughs> lamp. Yeah. Have you worn it out again? Mm-hmm. You did. It's funny as shit. Yeah. People are unnerved by it, or come up and like, "What's that from? What's that? Remember that one girl said uh, it was the wrong movie." Yeah, a gal. She was just like, "Oh, what is that? Something." And I yeah. said, "No, Silence of the Lambs." She's like, "No, yeah, that's right." <laughs> but I don't remember. It was the movie. Yeah, something I don't like remember. Seven, or it was a oh, similar that like yeah, that, that had a, a character. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but it, it's an off-putting shirt, especially when people recognize it. You'll you'll see them like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you are you are looking up at him from the well, from the from well. from the depths, yeah, of the well. Yes, yes, you are. We're trying to get warmed up here. Me, me, me. Place, place that. <laughs> go. Why don't you go ahead and place that lotion in the basket for me? What? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just kind of go ahead and? Uh, oh yeah, it's like a lumber <laughs> thing. Okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They tied. Engineer says we're hot. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and. Put that lotion in the basket. little office well. Okay, <laughs> we're hot. Yeah, he he says we're hot and walked out of the uh, room. Well, I don't know what that all. That's one what, man's what opinion. <laughs> it's the only one that counts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a little independent, the podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, or just plain weird movies. My name's Ryan, and I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. How are? I'm prompted now to. Like call back to that to to we've do been a, doing it enough effect of to where like I have an involuntary response to to say something back in that voice. You should the KT the Kathleen Turner. We can see who, and then <laughs> it'll be like twenty minutes of us just like that. You know, it'll just extend and extend. And we were discussing that we were running a little long, but yeah. but what is long? I mean, well, there, you know, there's some podcasts that are seven hours. We, you know, we and we're not aspiring to that, everybody. So don't worry. <laughs> but you know, we're we're gonna try to you know get things as streamlined as possible. Well, the question was, what is long? Long? Oh, in podcasting terms, 
we're well. I, I I left it open, and you know, I oh, left that open ended for you. That's rhetorical. Yes, <laughs> that's situational. And it's it's the fall time frame, and we're just talking ahead of uh, pressing record on this bitch that um, uh, about d- work and different things at work. And yeah. I found out that I work at a place that, believe it or not, allows Halloween costumes for the employees. Yeah. <laughs> I think we do it our, you know, the day of, the right day. Is you can that wear the them case? and hand out candy. And... I didn't know I'd have to deal with that in life. Oh, so you don't. Well, there's a whole, like, do's and don'ts and, like, send somebody home if they are dressed up like a priest or something or (laughs) the skirted, like, sexy nurse. It's just bizarre to me. Do you send yourself home when you come in in the the, the body heat sexy nurse? What I fuck? You know, speaking of nurse, did I ever tell you about that movie Nurse 3D? Yeah, you said to watch it. And, and, and you I think yet? I failed that. <laughs> you yeah. haven't? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, you know, we're still watching a horror movie or as many horror movies a day as we can. Have yeah. you done any? I bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I told you to watch. There is a interesting connection, believe it or not, to bit and our movie today. No way. Our movie today has a lot of connections, but you said you had a, uh, a work. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about work, and then you said you had, like, I, yeah, I got a work story. So we're in episode 24, and ladies and gentlemen, everything has gone to shit. Huh? Oh. Episode 24, when when we reveal the name of the movie and the uh, synopsis of it, that uh-huh. will make sense. Ryan, you look confused. I think I know what you're talking about. We are in episode 24, uh-huh. and everything has gone to shit. Oh, okay, sorry. Are you with you me? more literally. Yeah. No, I, I thought this, there was a connection. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a connection to twenty four and the name of the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, we're, we're we'll get there. We'll you, we'll start fire. We'll start firing. You've gotten me on the last couple, I think, <laughs> with something that I just yeah. did not get. I'm I'm turning into a a very sleepy human being, I guess. So, all right. So the lead in. I'm I'm leaving work today. I head a head up to the office to you know say hey I'm out blah blah blah, and uh, got a new manager in there and he's he's questioning the assistant manager on how to what he should say and how to make this radio call, and it goes a little something like, yeah I got a I got a call from housekeeping and uh, this this room number <laughs> has poop all over the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and and they want me to call out a biohazard, okay, or or bio equipment hazard, okay, you know, drop off type of thing, and 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 so he's trying to ask how to do this, so we, they get him on the right channel, he calls it out. And this isn't a hypothetical. This, this is, is literal, real. and he literally says, "There's poop in the bathroom, and they need a bio kit." Okay, and and the response was, "Oh Lord." <laughs> And then she, and then the other yeah, other the end response. just starts firing out commands, you know, calling out to who this and that. I and think there's a fair amount of those kind of exclamations in yeah. this movie. But but me Australian. leaving work, leading into this podcast that, today, that happened. That oh happened. <laughs> and so this will all make sense, ladies and gentlemen, when we that is discuss this really movie. Funny. And when you see this, yeah, how, how does that happen? How? I couldn't believe it. I'm delighted by that. Yeah, I'm driving home, just shaking I mean, my I head. I guess I'm sorry. That somebody 
you know, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, Todd works in the hospitality industry and people had, I'm sorry that somebody had to deal with somebody else's shit today. Yeah. Literally. Which is the real, so guys, let's get real. The real hero of that story is the person who had to. The person or person that are, that shit. are. Like, don't do that in a hotel. I, I, mean, I, don't know how, I don't know how that happens. I don't want to get off on a tangent. And it sounded like it was bad, so. How, how. How did me talk? Yeah, how how do they? How does it get to that? It's either intentional, yeah, which makes me furious, which is my first thought, or I don't know. I you know I've been under intestinal duress a lot of times in my life. <laughs> There's been times that I've had to seek relief to this in the out of doors. Yeah, so I don't know what the confines of a bowl would have done to something like that. Yeah. But still, I've never come close to literally ruining a hotel room bathroom. Yeah, they made it sound like it was all over. Now, that could have been all over. You know, this is getting bad, but God this is what this it. movie's about. So get, it, it's completely so, fitting. So, yes. It could be all over the room. It could be all over the throne. I don't know. We're Whatever gonna, it is, the hero, like you said, is the is there, the person a, putting on uh, the biohazard suit. Is there a fetish? There's a poop fetish. Is it corporophagia or something like that? Or no, that may be totally wrong. <laughs> But we may become what? become one of those at the end of this podcast. No, no hey, ladies and gentlemen, you all might too. Our uh, our movie today, I just realized, is kind of a catfish. I think maybe for people just diving into the podcast, uh, because our film is called The Mule. Yeah, a little bait and switch, huh? And it it was released in 2014. I believe some people may confuse it with the 2018. Nothing beats a good piece of history. Clint Eastwood film of the same Why name. Why am I doing the impressions? You're the impressions guy. I'm not. I you think are two guys. The jury is I mean, I do it. But you do it Quality well. is of question. But <laughs> the, these movies, these films have similar premises. I mean, truly. Well, condoms loaded with drugs well, up, your, well, up your hiney? Illegally transporting, transporting drugs. Yeah. And I, I was just curious as to even when the Eastwood film came out because I had seen this one previous and I knew, and I was like, you really had nothing else. You knew there was another film of that name. And granted it's an indie, it's an Australian film. It has some people who are involved with huge things in it, but you couldn't come up with anything else. I think it fits because that's what they're called. Yeah. But you know, come on. That almost is like a slap in the face from the big budgets. Like you don't exist. Other mule that came out four years ago. Oh, well, you know the Eastwood. Yeah, the Eastwood you know, movie was after. Else. Call it. Call it. You, I don't know. Call his that something else. Okay. Yeah, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying our movie should be named something else. No, but our movie mean, came out first. Clint Eastwood's movie. Clint Eastwood's okay. movie should come up with something else, please. All right. And uh, so it's the Mule 2014. I know I've talked to Todd about this movie before. And it was really high on my list. For it this must have been a long time ago. It was, yeah. Okay, because I don't remember during the lunch table days, Todd. Uh, that's when we talked. And about we talked. This. We talked shit at lunch. We talked shit at lunch. <laughs> so the description of this film that comes from IMDb: After a trip to Thailand, a first-time drug mule finds himself in police custody, with his stomach crammed with narcotics. Now he has to ensure seven sphincter-clenching days to convince them of his innocence. Will nature take its course? Dun, dun, dun. Interesting they put seven days, because it's five days initially, and then it extends to it, ten. It extends, it, but 
So what do you think of that description? It's all right. It's, uh, you know. If you didn't know me, okay, if you weren't beholden to this podcast, would you have read that and watched that movie? I'm beholden to no one. <laughs> That's your soul bound. What movie is that from? Um, would you have read that and watched this? It's sphincter clenching is in the Probably synopsis. not. That bummed me out. I did not like that description. Sphincter clenching, will nature take its course? Just that bummed me out. Yeah. The only intriguing thing is, like, how do you make a full movie out of somebody right. locked in a bathroom? Because every interview that I, I, I watched and heard was them just legitimizing their premise and <laughs> just saying, trust us. Uh-huh. And, again, when you hear or if you know who's involved with acting and writing this movie, these are huge people. They are? Um, oh, that's why I love this podcast. Oh, man. That's why I love you, Todd. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, it is billed as a comedy crime drama. What do you think about that? <laughs> Comedy, crime, drama. Now, okay. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. So I've wa- I watched it twice, yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. And when I watch it, you know, the first time I always like to watch it clean, not taking any notes, just be in the movie. you Take know. It. And then the second time, the notebook's out, and then I go sequence by sequence and right. blah, blah, blah. There's a sex metaphor to me by there somehow. I'm just oh, you're it. yeah, yeah. You got that grin going. <laughs> Envision it in your own minds. <laughs> Imagine if a cat caught a mouse that had just had a full meal, you know, and then the the look on the, just the satisfaction on the cat's face. All right, I don't know what that where we're going with that one, but it's getting more deviant. <laughs> All right, bring me back to where I was. Comedy crime drama. Yeah. I So my first impression was, and I thought I remember you saying that it was a comedy or maybe in a text or something like that, or maybe that's what I read. No, you responded to me by saying Australian crime comedy. Uh, because you can you, you were like the Eastwood one uh, before. Oh, said, yeah, and then I looked up the you year. you must have seen crime comedy. That's what popped up. It didn't strike me as comedy the first time. Ex- uh, I'll be honest with you. It's exactly what I'm going to was gonna say. Oh, really? It's my first sit through. I'm like, this is a biopic drama. Is what only because it's based on a true story. It claims at the beginning, mm-hmm. but there's loosely. It has to be really loose. Yeah, I've got info on that. It's very. It's okay. Loose, but I, it's still interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it, it struck me as a full on drama. Of course, there's comedic moments in it. Yeah. But it, 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 I took it in as a drama. I think it's supposed to strike you as a comedy or strike a tone right in the beginning. Because you, this is a scene that's that's repeated twice. Yeah. But it's about a mule. And you, you look at the, the poster art. You'll see a guy bent over. Right. You know, spreading his ass cheeks ostensibly. And he's at, I, I think, you see it once. You don't yeah. know the context. But before the two TSA, or not TSA, um what would the equivalent of TSA be in Australia? It would be TSA, wouldn't it be internationally? What, the um, homeland, not homeland. Yeah, but the, okay, uh, let's go with that. And and maybe we'll edit out me sounding totally ignorant right now, but again, a little tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so it's security at an airport, and they do Rochambeau to see who has to get you know get up in his ass, and that's funny to me. Yeah. So that one. makes the tone, I think, is what they're trying to do. But the first time it didn't really, I didn't get a lot of laughs. Second time, I laughed more. And maybe because with such a jarring film, I'll just say that, I think it's jarring. 
once you're over a movie like this, you can watch it a second time and just <laughs> relax your sphincter. <laughs> hey oh, there it is. If we had a bell, I'd ring it. You're welcome, everyone. Did you, did you hear a bell ring? Well, I yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah, drama the first time, and then it yeah. was you know it's definitely easier to I mean because you know what's coming and when. Yep. This movie stars Angus Sampson. He's in the lead. And I'm not even going to ask you because you said he didn't know anybody from this. No, so that's the big guy. That's, he plays that's Ray. Uh, Ray Jenkins, correct? Yeah. Uh, he born. He's Australian-born. He's got 65 acting credits to his name. Um, he's in a 2003 movie that looks really interesting called Razor Eaters. So I think that looks pretty cool. Um, he is in Mad Max Fury Road. Probably his biggest commercial movie, I think, to this point is well, maybe – Maybe not, actually, comparatively, but he was in Mag- Mad Max Fury Road as the organic mechanic. He's in the TV show Fargo. Have you watched that? I haven't watched that. No, just the movie. Yeah. Well, not, I did season one, I think I watched. Oh, cool. Yeah, but not the not the more recent ones. Yeah. And uh, he was the voice of, the two th- of Goro in the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie for the gamers, gamer fans who probably hated that movie. Uh, and he, probably most notably is he helped Lee Winnell develop the Insidious movies. So notoriously, okay. probably the more, more, one of the more commercially sex, successful franchises in a while. So that was what a question I had is that when I watched the 18 minute interview from South by Southwest in 2014, uh-huh. they brought that up that there was Insidious one and two. And I'm like, that sounds like something Ryan is into yep. and watches. And is that true? So like, huge. And these are huge movies, I think, comparatively in the horror. Are genre. they comedies? No. Scary as hell. Insidious. Okay. It's scary as hell. Um, and, and they're fun. So, so Angus Sampson and Lee Winnell developed them. Lee Winnell, I believe wrote it and they star or they're, they don't star in it, but they're in it. Okay. So Angus Sampson and, and, uh, Lee Winnell are both in the insidious movies as these paranormal investigators, like aides to this lead paranormal investigator. So they are, they're kind of comic relief actually. Um, they're definitely not super comedic in this. Um, so that was pretty cool. So Angus Sampson played Tucker in the insidious series. Uh, second build in IMDb build them weird. So I did my own. So I threw it out the goddamn window. So second build, <laughs> Fuck he, those guys. Hugo weaving as detective Tom Croft. Now of everybody in this movie, I think you probably recognize at least him. Mr. Anderson. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in their interview that I watched, they talked about how he raised everybody's IQ on the set. Like, just his presence there, everybody stepped up their game as their acting it's game. It's amazing like, that he took the like, movie. Yeah, that's what they're like. Hugo's here. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> we better be good. Ninety four credits to his name. Wow. Um his first credit is uh, as student two in the nineteen eighty film Maybe This Time. <laughs> um and I I know him, the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I mean, as far as like a, a, a Oh, it's it's Matrix for me. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. As far as um, you know, you know, gay, bi, transgender, um, you know, films that really, you know, told a really amazing story and you know, introduced you to really cool characters. That Priscilla Queen of the Desert is amazing, um, but The Matrix was his big like, ta-da! Here I am. Nineteen years after that first, what when he was. What was his role? Part he was like a backup. Oh, for uh, Num- student two. Student two. Maybe this. Nineteen time. years later. Yeah. <laughs> he's in. He does the Matrix. Yeah. 
Um, he's the voice of Rex in Babe, so that was early on. Um, Lord of the Rings, he plays Elrond. Oh, Lord he had the, the Rings, he so. had the funny ears, yeah. Yes, he. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. He had the elf ears. Uh oh. Well, elf you know, elf ears are funny. If you get all like you get egged by by nerds by sci-fi nerds, oh. your car gets egged. It's not on me. Because they're not funny. God, he knew his name. I don't know everything about him. But Hugo Weaving, <laughs> to be honest, a movie you don't see his face, one of my favorite movies, and it's really underrated, V for Vendetta. I fucking yeah. love that movie. And he's great in it, and it's... Oh, is he the... Just, he's, he's V. He's, he's V? Yeah. He's the man behind the mask? He's the man behind the mask. Uh, Ryan, I, I'm just going to sit back and just, I mean, take this all in. It's just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a student. I'm a... I'm a listener. I'm a. I'm one of our legions today. All right. Well, I'm. I'm. Then I'm really going to blow your mind. In that uh, third build is Lee Winnell. We mentioned he plays Gavin Ellis. He's actually credited as his Gavin mate. Alistair Ellis. His his mate, his buddy, his. So his big, and I know you've seen him in something else because he wrote and starred in the movie Saw. Little uh, horror movie from back in the day. Did did okay. Yeah. Didn't spawn like nine. They should probably make a sequel for that movie. Oh, or or maybe a tenth. (laughs) So he is. Is that there's that many? I think it's close to that. Yeah, nine, ten. Yeah. Um, with the one and and that just you know Chris Rock just came out with that. He wrote Saw. Yeah, he wrote and was the star of Saw. And I think he did. He wrote Saw two and three. Shit. So this kid's. He knows what's up. He's doing. He's doing well. That's a Um, talent right there. He was. yeah, uh, not Princess Bride in uh, in the room in the movie. Not you, not Princess Bride. Carrie Elwes <laughs> in the movie Saw. He, I, he was in that. <laughs> oh man, maybe you don't know that one as well. Well, yes. it's been a long Carrie time. Ellis. I have seen the first Saw, but it's been a really yeah, long he's time. He's the one who saws off his ankle famously. Um. Lee Winnell is also in Ra- Razor Eater, so I really want to see that. He plays Specs in the Insidious movies. Um, he's in La Valanchula, which oh, stars, there it is. stars There's the girl. There's the bit. <laughs> that you, were, you, you saw a movie with a girl in it, who her, the star uh, called Bit, and she is also in La Valanchula. Yeah. Lee Winnell. That, and that's the... In acting-wise, Lee Winnell is also in Aquaman, so he was the... Uh, cargo plane pilot in the big bust blockbuster Aquaman, and obviously his connection to James Wan got him that. Uh, he's in a movie called Cooties, which I freaking love. Watch this movie. Watch the movie <laughs> Cooties. Uh, but Lee Winnell wrote Saw, Saw 2, 3, a uh, great horror movie called Dead Silence, which was directed by James Wan, who went on to direct, you know, little movies like Fast and Furious 7 and uh, Aquaman. Uh he wrote, Jan- Lee Winnell uh, wrote Upgrade. Have I talked to you about Up- Upgrade? Have you seen no. that movie? Amazing, amazing movie. Watch Upgrade. Uh, and he wrote the new The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man that just came out recently through, I think, Blumhouse Pictures. He's a hell of a writer. Yeah, this guy's good. Uh, fourth build is Georgina Haig, who plays Jasmine Griffiths. Um, she was in a 2011 movie called Crawl that looks really interesting. And, he, and she was also in a TV miniseries about the band In Excess. Well, I, I thought of you when I looked at her bio. And oddly enough, she's the only bio that I looked at. Oh. That's weird. The kinda, hot that's lady. Kinda, that's kind of odd. Yeah. And, uh, well, when I say bio, filmography, there's a movie in there that I thought, oh, this is 
this is probably something Ryan needs to see because she did mostly TV, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And this is a movie we referenced before. And so it's only like an hour and 13 minutes long. And it's something called like Where We Disappear or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's referring to being put in a women's prison in Russia. And I thought, oh, this is like of Ryan's version of Caged Heat maybe here. But it says drama, so it's probably oh. not the same. But it's, so Caged Heat's getting a lot of love on the show. Yeah, apparently. those crazy, probably... crazy caged people movies from the 70s and the 80s. <laughs> uh, so, she, yeah, she was in a TV a miniseries uh, about the band In Excess called Never Tear Us Apart. Uh, <laughs> next build is John Noble, who plays Pat Shepard. So the villain, I would say the main villain. Have he, you seen him in anything before? He, no, but he was like the quintessential mobster I knew it, in yeah. this movie just a super creepy just, he's a good creepy bad guy yeah the ego beyond all yeah you know just oh, so over the top he is also in lord of the rings by the way so a little connection there oh he's uh he plays i thought you would find this interesting he plays he's in a tv show called home invasion which stars marina baccarine from uh inara from firefly serenity so i thought you'd dig that i didn't know she was in the show but his character on the show is named Buck Murdoch. So a little tie to the airplane series there, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and this was directed by Tom Mahoney. This is his first and only feature. Um, he's done tons of music videos for a guy named Paul Kelly. Uh, this was co-directed by Angus Simpson, so the star of the movie, co-directed yep. by him. Yep. Uh, his first feature and written by Lee Winnell. Angus Simpson by an original script by Jamie Brown, an individual named Jamie Brown. Yeah, and they said that um, when I say they, the two of them that have known each other for twenty years, uh, Angus and is it Win? Win? Lee Winnell. Lee. Um, those guys have been friends for twenty years, and they were kicking around the story for quite a while. But they, with their schedules and everything, they just couldn't get the writing done. Yeah. So they brought in the third writer, and the movie was seven years. In the making, yeah, the, took, the, the, took seven years to get it get it Jamie all. Jamie Brown originally found this story in a newspaper clipping, and so story by credit and wrote an original script oh. for it, and then gave it to Angus and Lee ostensibly because they just had juice, and uh, so so I don't know what their deal was, you know, Jamie's and and Angus and Lee, but uh, so they redid it and retooled it and completely reset it, like. This is based on a true story, and but they had agency over when they said it. So specifically, 1983, backdrop the America's Cup, very specifically an Australian film too. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, kind of like Open Water, you know the uh, right, you know, real right. event. And that event occurred in a, off the coral reef. So that's kind of a long tie. I'm sure if you try hard there. enough, we can tie a lot of our movies together but a lot of them do tie pretty well together well i think it's just organic from from what we choose you know yeah well hopefully you know on our hundredth episode we'll look back and maybe we'll have like a scientific study done on how they all interconnect and what that says about our weird psyche (laughs) Uh, the tagline i only found (laughs) one tagline it's on the poster it's legit and here it is wait okay do you have a guess as to what the tagline is because it's Definitely on the nose, not totally scatological, but it's uh, something to do with puckering or something to do with. Uh... <laughs> no, it's not. It doesn't go for crudity, ready? Like, okay, try to be like lurid. 
uh, holding it in. Oh, nice. Nice. Try to hold in your laughter. <laughs> You're really close. The tagline is, it's what's inside that counts. Oh, God. <laughs> I told you it was a little on the nose, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, there's not a lot of info on this movie. Um, you know, online, I, I didn't go to the library yeah. and check out the microfiche, but there's not a lot of uh, info, no uh, budget or uh, or earnings info. It's an hour and 43 minutes and rated R, uh, definitely for language yeah. and a little bit of violence. There's, there's some kids out there going, Mom, what's a microfiche? <laughs> You're welcome, parents. <laughs> Uh, this film was nominated uh, for a couple of awards at the Australian Film Critics Association. Uh, best Actor nomination for Angus Sampson and Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Nani Hazelhurst, who plays the mom, who was... Oh, so oh yeah, yeah. Uh, also nomination there for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Hugo Weaving. And it was nominated for an Audience Award in Narrative Spotlight um, at South by Southwest uh, for Tom Mahoney and Angus Sampson. Yeah, it was straight to video, right? There, yeah, there was no streaming, the- streaming, streaming yeah. and theater, and it was one of the early ones to do that. And in Hugo Weaving and Angus Sampson, uh, I read in an, I read in, or saw in an interview that they talk about that. And the interviewer says to Hugo Weaving, like, "Oh, you know, what are your what are your thoughts about streaming? And you've been in all these big movies." And he's like, "I don't have a solution for that. I don't care." <laughs> I think it was fucking stone cold. <laughs> I love it. She's like, like, you know, your thoughts. She she put yeah. this really well done question together, and he's just like, I don't know how to fix that shit. Fucking, if I don't care how you see the movies, see my movies. Yeah, <laughs> see the goddamn Lord of the Rings on your fucking Apple Watch. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Woo! The movie is based on true events, and I did not remember that uh, from the first time. Oh, watching. that glued me to the set right away. And, and that then, normally does me, too, and it yeah. didn't this time. I don't know why. It, I'm like, oh, no shit. And I, I went in. Did you I, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, people. Drinking game on how many poop references? No, that's too easy. Yeah. So I, I came into this with, the first time at least, with some knowledge of who, oh, look at that. That's live behind Is the it, scenes. Yeah. The, Pop uh, that top. There you go. Spray it. Oh, no, we're good. All right. All right. Looks good. Looks good on you. But I, I knew who these two individuals were coming in, so I, I kind of had some expectations of this. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i like, this oh. This is going to be good. You and know I'm the I mean? opposite. I'm like, oh, two new guys. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Dude, fascinating. You, you fucking wrote Saw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's he's a, like a low-key guy. I think he's a fine actor. Like, yeah. they do, and I honestly think Angus Sampson fucking Rushes. This oh three my character God. is so good in this. He, he, I mean, all of it. But of course, there's the scene, right? And and the and oh man, you yeah. just you were emotionally involved with him yeah. in that for sure. So we're you know it says it states Melbourne, 1983, where the backdrop of the America's Cup, which uh, we'll get into at the end if we have time about a little bit about that. But um, you know that seems that's a, a huge time of national pride for Australia. And the first line of this movie, you know, you see him at this, you know, checkpoint is drop your pants, <laughs> which is a very indie opening. And the underwear, mate. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's a very, I think, indie style opening, which is cool. And well, then. And I, I kind of made a note on that. I was wondering why, because I knew they would come back, you know, to that scene in a little while, right? They're going to get back to that scene because they go three weeks earlier or whatever they mm-hmm. said. And why the choice of opening or doing a quick opener with that scene. 
A quick opening. God damn it. <laughs> See, we need a rim it's shot in only, here. Did yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, that was actually. I promise not to do it. Again. I wasn't even aware that that was not intended. Worried. 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 worried you. 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 <laughs> but what do you, yeah. you mentioned it earlier that you thought it was a setup to get to that same scene again? Yeah. Or just yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, you know, indie movies like this can be quirky and they, you know, film things out of context. And, you know, yeah, it, it had a, a very, uh, you know, I had a question for you later. But if if this movie was remade like an American version, who would do it? It yeah. has it has a real Coen Brothers vibe to me. Yeah, I, I could see them. Well, if it's an independent, they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. But I could see studios wanting it to be. Yeah, comedy, comedy, dark comedy. You know, the next so Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the American version yeah. would push the comedy or the Coen Brothers. Yeah, we want the and next with, Dumb and with, Dumber. So we'll get into it. I'm sure the audience is like frustrated, like talking about this goddamn movie because all we're teasing is shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it 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 goes to two weeks earlier, and they're at some sort of uh, sporting fundraiser. You find out later, but it's in a in a lodge, and yeah, like a moose lodge, elk lodge here. You know, you see a little, you know, trying to get to a goal. They haven't quite gotten to the goal yet. And in films that are, are filmed in other countries, specifically if they're not subtitled, if they're speaking, um, you know, the Queen's English, but in their version of it, I like the different um, I, I like the different phrases people use. Yeah. And as he's trying to calm everybody down or quiet them, he says, bit of hush. Yeah. And and the same with the British movies, they're they're like that all the way through, and and it's kind of fun, and and you know when you put on the uh, closed captions, sometimes it's it's yeah. like way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best because it doesn't like wait. People don't I'm, talk I'm that way. Full closed captions now, man. I am. Yeah. I I, I can't not. It's really I can't. But mm-hmm. he says a bit of fush, and he gets everybody you know quiet. And what he what they're there for is they've been raising money for this trip for their footy. Their footy trip climb, their 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 footy team. D- did you get any of what that was all about? Did you think that they were a, no. a soccer team? Well, I was going back and forth between soccer and rugby because yeah. that's the big thing down there. So the scene coming up when we talk about that made me think rugby. But you're talking, you know, a lot of the stuff you're saying makes me think soccer. Well, it, yeah, football. Well, yeah. So football. <laughs> but- Depending, we're the only continent and we're the only country. I know. But it's it is it's a slang term for the game of Australian rules football, and which is rugby footy. No, <laughs> and footy is also used to describe the ball itself. But so they're there to to raise money for this trip, and they haven't quite gotten it, and they get the shortfall um, in the form of the owner of the Paradise Gardens Reception Center, which is where they're at. But they introduce Pat the Rat Shepherd, so this like kind of local, yeah, you know, guy with money gives them the extra, you know, twenty five hundred or something. The the mafia guy is what I call him. It's and just, did you think that right off the yeah. black hair and the yeah, oh yes, yeah, yeah. He, he played it to the T. I mean, he was so good. So you hated him. He's nicknamed the Rat, which is kind of interesting because I don't know why. Maybe that's a kid thing. They don't explore it, but. Pat the Rat Shepherd, definitely looking at him, you know something's up. And then we're introduced to our main character because he wins. They they have a little drawing, and he wins Club Man of the Year. Um, and this dude, and this is Ray, played by Angus Sampson, is awkward as possible. Yeah, awkward. Everything about his body language is yeah. awkward. And, and 
you know, mom, you get the first taste of mom too, the way she's cheering on and, you know, like yeah. completely coddling him. And- Very tight family. He comes up and I love the scene, you know, they, they, they're supposed to chug a beer. Yeah. And it's all awkward, and the guy's like, go ahead, mate, you know. Yeah, and then a spin on it, boom, he just kills it, like, in an instant. Yeah. You know, so. It's just wonderfully awkward, and that's what I love about, I, I really, I liked this movie a lot the first time. I loved it this time. Uh-huh. I really did. And looking back on it, you know, it just had all these fun little quirks, and Hugo Weaving really makes it. I think without him, I wouldn't love it as much, but. So this is super great. Awkward beer chug. And again, very indie. You know, he goes to say thank you and the mic, you know, squeals and you go to the title card, the mule. I like an uh, like a, an intro like that. Yeah. Kind of artistic and fun. Just bam. The yep. mule. No pomp and circumstance. We we do talk a lot about the edit, not the editing, but the sequence of, you know, how we they pick up the cards and we talk about uh, how her ticket to Hawaii. Getting into the credits. You know, the, yeah, the credit sequence. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Jesus. In independent film, how they get so creative with that a yeah. lot of times and, and how cool that is. Yeah. And so the, the the rub of this movie is that they're going to Thailand. Pat and, and Gavin, who are introduced, this is Lee Winnell's character, they're planning something. Like they're going to Thailand. This character, Gavin, there's something going on. They're planning it. And Pat and Gavin are talking, and and they're asking if Ray is in. If Ray, or I think they call him Raymond, but they're asking like, is he in? So here in, you're already teeing up the conflict. Yeah. They're going to Thailand, and they want to use him down. because he's kind of a simpleton, and nobody will yeah. expect him. And and they mentioned the mom thing early because I think Gavin has a line: if you can pry him off his mom's tit or yeah. something, teat, teat. Down under, we caught it teat. I use the vulgar version of teat. And so you're teeing a lot, you're you're front loading a lot of stuff already. Like awkward mom, which is kind of cool. And it starts it helps you build this character who you have to end up having sympathy for. Yeah. Which we'll get to, but I find that pretty remarkable. And well, it was a good enough script to get Hugo, right? True. And that's what he flat out said. The script is a thousand percent why I did this. And I, it wasn't know, the money. <laughs> no, probably not. I know. I mean, there's no, there's you, no you budget got for Hugo. Lunch every day. Yeah. <laughs> Baloney again. God damn it. And you're thinking here. Okay, here's the tension. Gavin, um, and, and Ray are in the car, dropping Ray off, or, or, or vice versa. And he asks him, like, "We want you to do this thing. It's going to be the easiest eight grand that you'll." you'll ever make yeah you know your mom is of your mom burdened with your your dad's it's stepdad's uh debts yep. so again it builds a lot of um information quick yeah and he does not want to do it he, and he is, says no he's like yeah flat out says no and then you know they reveal that they maybe used to be neighbors so they're childhood friends would you say oh yeah they say that they used to yeah. hang around together when they were little then they get into i i love the the scene at the dinner scene because it's very 1980s, a lot of like medium shots with everybody perfectly framed, you know, mom on one end, uh-huh. dad, and the appliances. It just looked yeah like and the production. Design mom was taking awesome. control, get in and set the table, <laughs> yeah. and, and and then she just little John like you yeah. know, get your ass to the table and with they're one eating, word like fried. I think. Do you think they're eating the lamb cutlets? Because I thought it was fried chicken at first, but oh, later lamb cutlets come, which in. comes back to be his favorite I, meal I later on. I think that's on. what they're eating in the beginning. Okay. I, I think you're right. It looked like a flat 
pancake, but fried yeah. chicken flattened or something. There's a lot of lamb down under. And, you know, mom starts to talk about Gavin. I don't like him anymore. So you get more backstory. And I love the the John, the dead, the stepdad. He's going to go get another beer. But she cuts him off and says, you've had your quota for the day. Yeah. And he, he's like mentally counting, going through it. And he's like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I guess yeah, I did. There you go. <laughs> so, again, with what you find out about the dad, yeah. you're teeing up. A little heartbreak, a little shock or surprise, yeah. which looking back, I think is really cool about the movie. So we, we know that there's history there. Um, John can't have more than three beers a day, <laughs> which could probably lead to a, like a sneaky drug habit or something. But we're introduced to <laughs> Lithuanian henchman Ziggy. I didn't get. I, I was like writing Lith and Litho and stuff because I didn't get his name. Oh, Ziggy? Yeah, the mustache. Yeah. yeah this yeah. guy's fantastic, too. So oh, this he's, is Pat's he's fucking scary, man. It, it, he is. He, like, this dude would kill you. Although, the ironic thing is, in the whole movie, he does none of the killing. He d- Well, he doesn't. No. No, he doesn't kill anybody. Because I watched for it the second time. I'm he's like, downright nice to Jasmine, in a way. <laughs> Jasmine. The defense attorney. Oh, the one, yeah, the only one I looked at the, the only bio one you looked up, uh, <laughs> And you didn't catch her name in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, she had nice eyes, everybody. Her name is, her name is, last name is Haig. That's yeah. what I remember. <laughs> Sagittarius, born in 1980. No. <laughs> and Ziggy is, everybody keeps saying, you know, mom could use the cash, the mom could use, and Ziggy shows up at Ray's house, which I think is interesting, and Ray, you know, kind of doesn't know what's up. And this is now you see them trying to tee him up to, yeah. to say yes. <laughs> and he breaks the glass with just a little flick of his finger yeah. to show his strength. Yeah. He's there for John, which is the stepdad, collecting debts. I And I think that was just done intentionally to pressure him into to doing this. Yeah, exactly. Like, off, look, but th- like now, this money will make. House, so. Yeah, you do this, the money will make this guy go away. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it works. It absolutely works. And, and it, what gets you is. You know, they ask, hey, who is at the door? He says, Mormons. Yeah, yeah. no, that gets a laugh. And yeah. that was, you know. And she's like, at this hour? Because Angus Simpson, and, and there are, you know, there's criticism of his performance. You know, he's got marble mouth. He just mumbles. But I, I think he has created a character and has stuck with it and is a fully realized human being. And this is just how this guy talks. So when he delivers, every line is as deadpan as it possibly could be. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Would you agree? Like, just I've never seen anything more. It's like, life. like Ben Stein, uh, like a toned down like version of Sling Blade or something. You know, I mean, I don't, he's got his own kind of way of talking. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah, yeah that's good. I, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. that just kind of popped in in there just now. And then the stepdad asked for money. Yeah, on the right, way out, just before the cut. Yeah, like oh, he man. says a couple of lobsters. Now there's another. Queen's yeah, English. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. A couple of laughs. Is there lobster on any currency? I don't know. Okay. I, don't know. I have no idea what that meant. I maybe that's slang. Like, for, like for... is it a twenty dollar bill oh. or all right, email us at a little independent podcast at gmail.com. God, I had to set that what up long. A couple enough. of Jesus lobsters <laughs> mean y'all. Say the damn email. What I liked about the party scene, so Gavin invited him to a party. Oh. And I think in good graces. This is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. Okay. What did you like I about I love this? the party scene because he he's kind of getting comfortable, you know? He's getting, you know, you see him moving around and smiling a little bit, and then he goes over. And, and then, uh, so the guy, you know, 
I think of you, anything that's punk, right? <laughs> well, this is a house party, would you say, right? Right, house but, party? but when the punk rocker's like going to have to show off to his, his girl and his mates. Yeah. So I call him Keith Richards. Okay. Because if Keith Richards was, well, he, he's never aged. He's always been 150. Yeah. But but put white like makeup all over Keith Richards' face and, you know, and like get him pissed off or yeah. something, that, that's this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I saw. And then um, the interesting point is, I mean, you laugh out loud when, he, you know, the buddy comes up to save him yeah. when he's challenging him to uh, saying he stole his beer. Yeah. And he's turning and, you know, getting getting the feedback from all his mates, you know, and, you know, trying to puff out his chest to the Kick to his the ass, girl. bass, the it, Australian version yeah. of that. And then – so in in good writing and showing a, another side of the character because they want to show that he has the ability to be strong at some point or at least when he's drunk. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is his good buddy. Puts his arm. And he says, "My house, my rules." I say, "Someone crosses you, you you knock him out." Yeah. And he's just kind of grinning, and I'm thinking, "Oh, he knows this guy is a fucking." And yeah. I'm thinking rugby he's at kind this of a, point. A, like know? a teeny little guy too. That yeah, that dude. But I mean, I was thinking this guy's some points for having some spunk. A ru- <laughs> He was. He he was a douche. He yeah. was just yeah. And then here comes the just just bam one punch out he goes. Yeah. And then he gets his, and then he brings over his girlfriend. Um, I can't remember. So you got Angus Tiffany. and you got no the guy, Gaz Gavin Gavin Ga- okay Gav. Gav. That's gonna that's be easy for you. So <laughs> can we Ray can we can we make this three letter words please? Because I'm having a hard time. So I'll, I'll put the lotion in the basket. Yeah, I promise. So Gav runs over and and takes the his girl that's laying on the floor and yeah. says, "Have you met uh, Raymond? This is Tiffany." Tiffany. And then they start making out on the couch. So she, yeah, whoever's the strongest alpha, she, uh, she's, yeah, he got he got pumped up, and and I think all that is good storytelling and it makes you okay. Like you feel confident in him too. Yeah, because I didn't feel confident in him as a drug mule. I didn't know the means by which they're going to be transporting drugs. But well, I think the whole point of it was, was to show that he can. Yeah, he can take it on, and you know. So we see that he he's an electrical repair person. He's he's, you know, uh, a skilled person like this. And I love when he decides to go like to do it. He goes to Gavin's house. He's like doing lines of blow, and Gavin says one of my favorite new lines is "Fuck me, Rhonda." <laughs> But done in a beautiful Australian accent is just fantastic. Um, but he says he's going to do it, and they go to Thailand. And it's um, they don't mess around film filmmaking wise. I mean, it, it this kind of drags a little bit the part in Thailand. Yeah. But I think because of how much of the remainder of the movie is set in that one hotel room. Yep. Although it does move around a little bit, maybe they needed to, you know. Well, it took a lot of coaxing to get him to go. Yeah. And and working for the guy his boss at the TV shop, he quits his job because the guy was treating him bad. Yeah. Which the TV shop comes into play at the end too. It does. It's a nice little. But setup. they go to. There's a lot of montages in the movie, right? <laughs> and first of, they're at the guy girl club in in Thailand, and the montages, and they're doing drinking games. And that's the thing that got me. Do you think they'd be doing douchey like American the- guy drinking games at a? He, she bar in Thailand. Well, it's the the whole team's there. So, however that whole team parties, I would say yeah. So it's like a college thing. Screw your your uh, your customs here, in Thailand. We're gonna. Well, 
and and the, we're gonna play beer pong. Yeah, they're there just to extract the money from your pocket. Right. It was a lot of beer chugging, mini skirts and girls dancing around, like wearing you know rice paddy hats. It's all like very. <laughs> so I don't know if they're meant to look like douchebags. They don't necessarily, but it's kind of fun. Um, and they finally go to meet this drug dealer. Yeah. And I, were you curious as to what the drug was going to be? Did you have a guess? I didn't. I, well, they said it was. He says oh, later say on it's heroin. But early on, did they say it? No, I, I suspected I, it might be heroin, but I didn't know. Yeah, I, don't I remember mean, knowing. Whatever those bricks were, I didn't know. And they, yeah, just bricks. So they go to this this you know drug den, and what I like in movies is the and maybe I've said it on this podcast before is the the sometimes slow mo or sometimes sped up walk through the weird market to get to where you're going. Like there's a great one in Beer Fest. There's a great one in in Bloodsport with Van Damme where they walk down the weird alleys to get to Kumite. I, I love I love the little things that that Did you, you love that, that you get no, like the I mean, weird walk to the thing. No, the the stuff that that you love like like the hang, like the phone hanging up or oh, the sound that's sweet. Yeah, sweet those sound. certain sounds and then now it's the description of, you know, yeah, cuz you don't that, get that in 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 the big films. But the the little things that that you know, you enjoy yeah. is is pretty cool. The the walk to the drug lair, and um, to meet this drug dealer. Now, what did you think of the performance by the uh, the drug dealer, Sonia? <laughs> yeah, billed as as uh, Sonia in this, and in an interview, they said they really didn't know if this was a man or a woman. They honestly didn't know. I think uh, it's in. Actress, it says actress. She's credited as Chorquat Billy Lowe. Now, was it the same person that was whipping the girl with the yeah. stick? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't know if that was the second person. And says, "Look after my nephew." Yeah. And you know, enjoy Bangkok, heaven awaits. So the rub of the movie is <laughs> as she's, she's beating this other girl with this a girl. switch. Yeah. Not beating, but whipping, spanking. She, she's a very kind. You know, I find drug dealers specifically in asia are just more pleasant they're usually smiling but then they can turn on a dime and and she does so how, how do you kindness. find this this is based on your personal asian yeah. experience yeah. with the drug I market mean, I, I only go to like farm to table you know but yeah but that's ugh. they're always cheery until you fuck up and it, then and you then know, you get you lose to your nuts then it will get stuff. the hose again yes and so what's interesting about it is they they're told half a kilo, no more, no less, no more, no less. That's what the rat told Gavin them to get. says. Things have changed, and that was a tense scene because you're like, oh, what is he doing? And yeah. he asked for a full kilo, and you don't know if it's going to be okay. And she just says, okay, and just a new yeah. giant brick goes plump. You pay more, you get more onto the scale. Yeah. So you find okay. He's asking for more. Don't know what's going on there. No, another wad of money comes out. Where'd she that come from? She has a nephew, from? and they're on a, on their way. And shortly thereafter is when Ray says, I can't do this. I cannot do this. Yeah, and it's Gavin, in the alley right after they leave. Yeah, there. and I get that. Like, that, that's a palpable, like, the way that experience was, that fucked up walk to the market. Right. And then, the you know, there's the guard the there with rather. the machete making them, you know, not yeah. letting them go in. So yeah. there you go. And He's scared. And... Gavin says, you know what? I got this. We're brothers. And this is that first time they say brothers. Yeah. And I immediately think Gavin is fucking this guy around. So I didn't find it sincere. He's doing it to 
get what he wants to get him yeah. to do it. And he goes in to the next thing, pretends it's a, a bad deal, comes out, runs out like we got to go and essentially pressures Ray into doing it. Yeah. Which and not is, only doing it, he makes him do the whole kilo. Yeah. And so next we have our second montage, which is one of my other favorite <laughs> montages, is the cutting and portioning the drugs montage. Because they are cutting this heroin and putting it in individual balloons. Uh, Condoms. Yeah. No, I don't think I noticed either time it, it was condoms. It is condoms, condoms because he says to our my gal there, the lawyer... Um, later Jasmine. on, I have 20 condoms of, oh, yeah, I have yes, a kilo yes. of heroin and 20 condoms in my stomach. And she's like going on and on about how yeah. she's getting no press time and doesn't even hear them. It's a really funny scene. Yeah. Um, so that's where I got, yeah, that it's condoms. Okay. Interesting. Because they actually say it. Well, I know it, they're famously transported in, in both uh, modes of transportation, but <laughs> he's given things he needs. He needs a cotton shirt. He needs codeine to block him up. And yep, down he, the hatch, he gets one down and Gavin says, now the rest. And he says, what happened to your half? And Gavin said, I already ate my half. So something's amiss. Oh, my God. So I just had a, a weird moment. I got to share this. So when I said down the hatch, I had a little deja vu moment. Uh-huh. So my brain is going, you know, whatever sound your brain does when it goes, trying to trying to get through the whole memory and and where down the hatch was used in our previous 23 well this is episode 24 so and then it hit me it is in uh, episode two i'm sorry episode three most beautiful island the scene where she goes down into the basement and i called that scene down Down the hatch because when i said that i heard my i had a deja vu moment hearing my voice saying it all those episodes ago and that was the only other movie at least in my eyes of all the ones that we've done that the whole movie is made and talked about from one scene yeah like this movie, when it boils down to it, that's what people. There's one scene that people are going to talk about, probably. And the same for me with uh, "Most Beautiful Island." Yeah. The spiders. That one. That scene is what you talk about for that yeah, movie. There's a lot of movies that do have that, which the is the one scene. Yeah, it's the it's the Achilles tendon scene from uh, Pet Cemetery. Well, the other one, the the movie that you got me that you broke. Broke my back, scarred me for life. I have never recovered from. Probably never will. Guess which one this is. Old. Old boy. Old boy. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I've never, never seen that movie. Didn't know anything about it or what it was about. Ryan insisted one night that I watch it, and I did. And uh, I've literally suppressed a lot of and blocked a lot of that movie out of my mind. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. It's the remake. It's a Spike Lee remake. It wasn't the OG. So. Oh. Give us shit. I've seen both. How about you? <laughs> no, I don't even. Okay, so give Todd shit. I've, 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 oh man. See, I have to be delicate with Todd and I have to get him into things in his own way. <laughs> so he will see the original Old Boy. But, you know, this movie has, in Old Boy, Old Boy has, again, great sound design. And that's something that I don't always see in movies. And this, when he's trying to get back through security, yeah, the tension is ratcheted up by the sound design. Every little thing he it's hears, it's ambience. And, it's like, oh, I love yeah. it. In yeah. this particular case, 
It's so great. Mm -hmm. And obviously he gets pinched at, at security. And I think it's because he forgot to pick up his, well, he's 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 caught pinching, puckering. And he's caught, I believe because he forgot to pick up his checked bag only declared two things. He got scared. The, he he saw the dog checking yeah. checking the luggage and and somebody his buddy and being walked back. Through. Yeah, he, yeah. he just wanted to get the hell out of there. He panicked. And yeah. so the one guy's like, "Right." That's what got him caught. Yeah. So he gets caught and they don't find anything uh in his in his rectum area because he's obviously swallowed everything. Well, I I do have an observation. Uh-huh. So this is the same scene that was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have a male and female cop or uh customs agent. Yeah, customs agents. And they do the what do you call it? Rock paper Rochambeau. scissors. That's the name? Rochambeau. Rock paper scissors. Correct. Rochambeau. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a real dumbass in this uh, episode. Here you know? in America, no, I, I, I actually don't know the origin, but it's yeah, it's it's really called, called that. Rochambeau, yeah. Okay, and don't ask me to spell it. All right. So the girl loses, right? So they're doing opposite. This is 1983, so we can throw away a lot of the rules now, right? So it's a female inspecting the male. Uh huh. Wouldn't happen these days. It wouldn't. I don't think so. I think it's. I'd ask for a female. When we had to pat down people, we always had to do same-sex pat-downs. I don't oh. know if it's the same oh, no. now. This is several I, years yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't know. And again, you can write but in on that. What are the your thoughts? other thing was no gloves. No, she put on a glove. No. He hands her, I think, like a thing of gloves. In the opening scene. In your mind, Todd. There was no gloves. Did she stick her finger up? No, his ass she had a. Gloves? But then I think she had a flashlight, I, like a little we, tiny flashlight. If you flashlight. check the tape, I think he may have handed her like clear gloves. Maybe in the second scene, but not in the. Open. But I like your idea that she just did that baby dry. Uh, opposite opposite sex, there. no no lube, no gloves. Oh, it turned you on. Okay. Anyway, um, no, like maybe, now we know what to get for his birthday. It made me pucker. Uh, Ryan's got no. You got the cat grin over oh, there. Oh, it did. <laughs> and. This is a real thing. Strip search. Don't find anything. But he's detained because it's obviously coming back from Thailand. And I hate to generalize, but they maybe you know, instances of drug trafficking are higher. So they put him in a in some sort of detention. And here we meet Detectives Paris and Detectives Croft, specifically Detective Croft, played uh, by Hugo Weaving. Wouldn't it be cool if it was Detective Hilton? Detectives Paris and Hilton. No. That would have been just amazing. No. No? <laughs> no. She was in one movie we did on this podcast, and uh-huh. that's the the most I'll ever talk about her again. <laughs> it's not relevant nor interesting. Well, that's something you and Jess completely, a thousand percent agree on. Yeah, probably. You're, you're, we haven't talked about it. Your love for Paris. But I lo- what I loved is you meet them, and Hugo Weaving, Weaving establishes <laughs> himself immediately, because Paris sits down as, as maybe oh, the-, the lead. And he pulls his badge out of his his jacket pocket. Hugo yeah. Weaving puts his hand in his pocket, brings out a middle finger. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It's in the trailer, which is great. Yeah. So they set this kind of thing up. Um, they're going to detain him, but they decide to do it at a hotel. And and that makes sense to me because I think you know Detective Paris. We find find out later has ulterior motives, so he kind of is guiding this thing along the way. So they have him in a hotel. And the rules are he can be kept for seven days or two evacuations. 
So seven days or two bowel movements. Yeah. And all the I love the rules. All the rule, like the rapid fire of the rules. Yep. That seems great. And we will mirror what you do at home. So if you have wine with dinner at home, you'll have <laughs> wine with dinner here. And I, I thought and, that was And do you and remember weird. the grape of choice, the wine of choice that Hugo uh Oh no, I forgot. The Riesling. Riesling. And and what is the number one grape in the Traverse City wine region? Oh. The Riesling. That's right. There you go. So that's super fun. And so (laughs) here you are with holy shit, this guy's gonna try to not take a dump for seven straight days. That's it. You've teed up the rest of this movie. And I didn't check the time. We're not super, super far in, but I'm teed up really well. And already. I like this guy. Well, you're rooting for him, but he is you're rooting a for the criminal. Mule. That's what's remarkable right? about this. We we see that a lot in these movies we pick. Yeah, I guess. like why are we rooting for this guy? And so we get Gavin and Ziggy kind of back into the in, into the fray, um, in a way because they they have a phone call. Pat's not happy with Gavin. And so things are starting to get tense. Like this heroine needs to be out. Gavin's in trouble. Everybody, Ray could be well, in trouble. Gavin doesn't have the drugs and he's yeah. running from them because and he so doesn't have he's them. He's trying to duck. So this is a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to kill Gavin. And it's, you know, the, the, the interrogation scene, the first morning of, and, and detective Croft, Hugo weaving is feeding Ray <laughs> the breakfast because he, he, he doesn't give a shit, I don't think, about the, you know, he knows he's got his guy. He's just like, yeah. hurry this the fuck up. He's just annoyed. And and I loved his line. I actually wrote it down. Uh, day two hotel. Wakey, wakey. Eggs and bakey. Yeah. And he has this big old huge breakfast he's trying to force he's feed him. feeding them. And I love this, the rapid fire. And maybe you know from your experience this rapid fire technique of what did you do in Thailand? What did you do here? What did you do there? Who did yeah, you see? Did you see I, with? I, I've seen that. I was never a fan of it, but and then they tee him. It's up. trying to trick them into saying something, and it completely works. Yeah, it, yeah. I because just never, they I was said never this, fan, this, and he it, says it, heroin, it and they say, "Wait a second, we never said heroin." Yeah, who, who, yeah, and it well, totally I got him. He did, yeah, and that's that's a fun kind of uncomfortable scene too. So they clearly know. Um, now we're introduced to Jasmine, who is the legal aide, and um, she seems like this kind of young, idealistic. You I did know. not write down Jasmine. That's so funny. I wrote lawyer. I, I got. I'm, I'm adding to my notes, folks, because Ryan is you didn't taking even me along as a person. Yeah, just a slab. She of was meat. just a. <laughs> and and so she again. It adds to the story. Um, I don't, I don't feel like he comes from a lot of money. So he has a public defender or their, their equivalency of that. And I, 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 I start to see again, more tension when Gavin visits John, the stepdad and, and John just spills the whole beans. Yeah. Ray is here and this is what's going on. And that's what makes, you know, the betrayal later, I think even more interesting and, and sadder, but you're like, this motherfucker is just giving this kid up. And Gavin goes to check into the hotel. You don't really know why necessarily, and he ends up having a purpose. But this John guy starts to be suspect. Like, why would he do that? He, he well, I, I think they're playing. You know, he's he's a reco- he's an alcoholic. Yeah. He's got gambling debts yeah, to the mafia, yeah. and he's just trying to solve it. He's yeah. trying to get it finished, get out of it. You know, like go help him. He's here. You yeah. know, kind of thing is how I took it. Now you know. 
how much I love farts in movies. <laughs> and there's a fart scene in this. Are you talking about the first one with Jasmine in the room? Yeah. And and I think what's really interesting is Jasmine asks him, essentially, in a scene, if you're innocent, why not just you know go to the loo? You'll hear that a lot. But why not just go? And he says, I'm constipated. You know, and he also tells them that he's allergic to laxatives, so he's teed himself up well. Yeah, he and he came up good, good alibi. This fart scene is great because typically fart scenes don't address part two of a fart, which is you know the odor, the, the after fart. the after smell. So watch this movie, please, if for nothing else but a masterful fart scene. And now we see Croft's character Hugo Weaving just become a kind of a monster. I'm still wait, so. We are the only film podcast in the entire planet that has ever, or you, that you've just done in one sentence. The fart, you know, making the reference of a fart being an art, you know, an <laughs> art right, scene. Well, it's here or, for, what? <laughs> for you all to, to, to judge, but yes, I, I think so. And I, I think that that could be played for. Uh, like a joke and be really hollow, but yeah. for some reason it's funny and it's like the way they link. About, Just watch that scene. So it's, is it's this hilarious. one better than the balloon and the look on Hugo's face oh, God, when he's doing the balloon? Yeah. There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie for sure. But you see Croft and he is such a, a scumbag. In the, You know, I don't know if I liked it or not. It, it added to the character, but he's patting Jasmine down and he's gross and he's all handsy. And he calls her a really misogynistic, misogynistic name. But what that scene shows is Croft is a total misogynistic asshole douchebag. And she really believes this dude is innocent. Well, they say your lawyer's here. And they say, just a minute. And, and yeah. then he says, tell him to suck my dick. And then she comes walking in and says, if you can do that yourself. Yeah. yeah so she kind gives of funny. it back. Yeah. For sure. But... Fires right back. And now Croft, again, kind of elevates. And I don't know how much of his Hugo Weaving's character was in the original script. And then when they got him, they had to beef up the part. But, you know, he does become more and more involved. And yeah. he just wants this guy to take a shit. So, you know, he prepares a shower for Ray and just they beat the hell out of this guy to see if they can yeah. force Get him. Get him to confess or shit. One of the two. It's really rough. And because the violence he, is pretty, it's, it's he, more real he, to me. You know, you become insensitive to criminals. You yeah. know, it's like I've been through this game a million times. You know, yeah. You punk, let's just get let's just get this yeah. over. We know what you did, and uh, and he has this, a discussion with laws. his mom. And again, this actress, she is top notch. But you know, she just mom. reflects. You've never been in trouble with the law before. She's just so so. Everybody believes him, which makes all of what may be a betrayal to them hard. Because yeah. you're like, damn, they really believe this guy. So when he clearly must let him down. And, you know, he gets this this photo under the door, which kind of elevates thing. And it's, you know, kind of like a threat. Has mom's face X'd out. Yeah. Which I guess, to me, did you take that? That was a threat, like, we're going to kill your mother if you yeah. if you talk yeah. talk to the cops. Okay. Exactly. Because they, they could have. You oh, know, yeah. Like what they, they were doing is illegal. They were going to wipe out the whole family, yeah. In, in a way, because so he's, he's what's never like been officially kilo charged. of heroin go for these days, Ryan? I, I, I couldn't. Okay, so I started to look it up, <laughs> and it wasn't taking me to direct, like, summations. You're on a like, list. I need to stop doing this. You're on a database. This. Oh, dude. So I'm on enough lists like, as it is. You're like, 
if I buy a kilo from Hi- Thailand, yeah, you know, yeah. of I, I heroin. Did, I honestly did look it up because I wanted to to bring that oh, to you, sir. Yeah. Um. Now yeah. we we meet another character named Fook, um, who must be the nephew of of Sonia, yes. and he does say, and he's called fuck throughout the whole movie, yeah. and he's always correcting everyone, which is funny. And the one man or two scene is just fantastic. Yeah. So you know, I and know it doesn't even resolve in the end because no. he says man and he points to the two yeah yeah it's just like he's like fuck you <laughs> and that's the writing they that was a scene that that angus simpson um said specifically they wrote for its awkwardness they wanted a couple of scenes that were comedic so the more i reflected on it there was some really funny shit in this movie for sure but what you understand now is pat is getting nervous and he visits john you know Bray's home and where's Ray and breaks up the home. So now everything just keeps yeah. ratcheting up yeah. around this one guy. And it's a will he, won't he? I mean, you know he will. Yeah, eventually. So by this point in the movie, what were your thoughts? Did you hate me? Were you No, like, no. I was looking at it like, like at a full-on, like a biopic drama. You know, I'm like, this is some crazy shit. Yeah, it absolutely is. Did you, did you, did you get There's that one? There's another one. Oh, okay. Take a, take a shot. And... Again, Croft amps himself up again because in this hotel, he goes to the lunch buffet. Did you assume that that's what it is? It was a lunch yeah. buffet? Yeah. Exact, exactly right. In Ziggy, the, the I love that he's called Ziggy. Card, he does, makes a buffet faux pas and Croft steps up to this guy yeah. and he's like, going to fucking fight him. He's full hands on. Over like they, etiquette he's like, at they a have tongs for that. <laughs> yeah, he like, he like sticks his whole fist right in the, yeah. you know, the whatever and puts it on his plate. I it Again, that just shows more of his, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he, no, he was, he was mad when the, yeah. when his partner broke it up. Yeah. He wanted to. And you know, they, they find – so Ziggy's at the hotel, and you're like, what the hell is he doing? They find – Pat and Ziggy are looking for Gavin, which they find. Yeah. And rough him up again and say, we want you to kill Ray. Yep. We can't have this guy talk, and you need to kill him. And they give him a shiv. Yeah. A long shiv. Which a long – it looked like one of those crochet down. needles. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was It looked weird. pretty pretty insane. And, you know, because he thinks – Pat is saying, did you rip us off? And he didn't. He's not really saying what's going on. Yeah, because he doesn't want to say that he was, yeah, you know, taking his own stash along with his. Yeah. So, again, ratcheting up, ratcheting yeah. up. Holy cow. And then it ratchets up, I think, again, in the scene between John, the stepdad, and Ray's mom, where you find out yeah. that John is involved in this scheme. Yep. That after they stole his car, it's it's, and then uh, he gets he comes home because you think they're just putting more pressure on his family and trying to make things hard for Ray, but it's 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 found that Ray's stepdad John is involved. He was going to do this to get his debts paid off, but yeah. he is knowingly was an accomplice to Ray being a drug mule from Thailand. Yeah, and that's that's and and the mother's performance of the scene is unbelievable. Yeah. She kicks his ass out. She, oh, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have just all of this shit crumbling around this one guy in a hotel room. And so when they talk about uh, in interviews, I hear them saying, please trust us. This movie is interesting. I want people to know that this movie about this guy trying to not take a dump is definitely interesting. <laughs> And so now the mom, I think, is driven to like a breaking point, and she's 
you know, I think heard from doctors that this is not good for her son. So here's where the lamb cutlets come in. She makes must make her own dry rub and 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 dredge and makes her own lamb cutlets yeah. with like laxatives built in and takes them to the hotel. Yeah, for him and you and and you're kind of like, why is she trying to get him get him busted? Yeah. It's you know, it's, it's weird, but yeah. she doesn't know. She thinks he's innocent too. Everybody thinks he's innocent. Okay, that's what makes this movie so mom, heartbreaking. Mom, hundred percent believes he's innocent, yeah. so she's wanting her to... baby boy. Hell no, would he be a drug mule like that? Well, then he would have got X-rayed and yeah, enema. But, but and that's what's that. interesting because she, you know, tries to force feed him. That scene is so manic where she's like, yeah. it, it's sweet at and first. She's really angry, and he's yeah. like, I'm not eating this, and it's bizarre. She walks off, and then they're all like, free lamb cutlets. Well, they're all excited because it wasn't hotel guys. food. It was homemade. I know. That's a good she point. She teed that up. She's like, you got to be tired of this hotel food. Here's your favorite homemade meal. And then they yeah. cut to Hugo's face and getting like, like, oh, hell yeah. I need some of that. So I didn't even think about the laxative part. Oh, but yeah. Then they cut to funny. the Dumb and Dumber legs in the air yeah. scene. <laughs> right. And Hugo did it. He was like yeah, on he, the toilet. He, you see Hugo doing even this, like, he's doing oh. the splashdown. And Paris must not have eaten it because he's he's fine. He says, you know, no, all the boys are glued to the loo. Yeah. And that's when he says, interesting, your mom made you that food and didn't know you were allergic to laxatives. Yeah. And then he goes, what a mom. Yeah. Like trying to trying to get to him, you yeah. know, trying to get him to defend her and, and say something about, well, I really do have There's it. a three-day extension. And that's the other bit of tension where you keep ratcheting up. He's made it. You're rooting for this guy who's 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 a drug mule, a three day extension. Yeah, um, you know, you know, the he's rules screwed. get harder. Yeah, and you have to think. So at this point, were you thinking, how is he gonna? What is he gonna do? Were you along for the ride or? Oh, oh, definitely. I, I was along for the yeah. ride early on for sure. So I think, and maybe, I wrote three day extension in capital letters. Ugh. Yeah, and then the scene. Um, I don't know if I want to get into too much detail about the scene. And they don't in the interviews. And I think maybe we sh- – it's a good call. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch in a movie. And, remember, and this is the context when I told you. The movie Cheap Thrills and The Mule, I said, had two of the most disgusting things or the hardest things I've ever had to watch in a movie, including every horror movie I've ever seen. Wow. This – was that hard for you to watch? Both times. Even though even the second time was was like in his was his it, eyeballs bloodshot bug, bulging yeah his acting in this and the makeup or however they made him look like that Jesus Christ was incredible so it was shot with um, he had to do it in two takes there were um, two takes shot of that and they uh, put combined those two together yeah and um, well I mean suffice to say. He's it's, able. He's. He, it's the scene. Yeah. I, I think. I think. I think that's a good call, Ryan. Yeah. I, I think we shouldn't take this from anybody. Yeah. First time watchers, because you only get to do it once. Yeah. For the first time. And so you know the, the movie progresses. I it, thought that was a bit of a gem. I thought we were gonna let that sit. You only get to do it once for the first time. You only. Get you only to get do... to watch the red wedding once. For That's the right. first We're time, not taking it. you only get to do number two once. For the first time. For the first time, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and at this point, I think a really neat scene was Ray's confession to Jasmine. 
and oh, you yeah. said it at the top. Yeah. I've got so if anybody's confused, and maybe you were at this point, the reason why Gavin is in a tizzy is because he bought an extra half kilo to sell on his own. Right. And he made Ray swallow all of it. That and, right. Yeah, and the other half is is the the mob boss. Right. That's his. So that's why you know there's kind of inherent tension at this point in time. But Ray confesses to Jasmine, and she's like, "All right, just hold on." Yeah, she. It's such a cool scene. But they wrote it where she doesn't even hear him confessing because she's freaking out about. She she handed him the whole story of the the police abuse to her client. Yeah. On a platter. And it didn't even make the paper. She's going through the whole paper, Nobody and all they're is. talking about is, the America's is America's Cup. Cup. And she's yeah. furious. Meanwhile, in the middle of this, he's confessing to her, and she's not even hearing it. I mean, she just, does eventually. It took him like, twice, but it was great writing. It, it was and a good performance too. His yeah. little whisper and his monotone. Yeah, you know, Joe Bob, and, and she's all in a huff. You yeah. know, yeah, good, great scene. And you're going, okay, Jasmine, thank you. I mean, she, you know, you see her smoking weed in her car a couple of times, so she's she's cool. It was okay. I, I do have a question. She was smoking weed only because it was the way she was doing it, the way she was holding it. Was but it not marijuana? To me, when I looked at it, it looked like a, just a regular Marlboro cigarette. Oh, okay. But the way she's holding it, you know, between the thumb and index finger, it makes it look like she's taking a drag off a joint. So you think... You think it was weed, and and when I looked at it closely, it looked like it was like a Marlboro, whatever they smoked down under, but a regular normal cigarette just being held differently. I guess I didn't know why they'd specifically show her smoking a cigarette in her car, but you know. Yeah. Okay. Either way, but he, she ends up, she leaves, and you're like, oh, this is a good, you know, court-appointed attorney. Thank you, because she essentially said, hold on. I don't know what she's going to do. She gets in the elevator with Ziggy. And one of my favorite lines in the movie is Ziggy turns to her and goes, what is your marital status? Yeah. And the way he delivers it, what does your current, what is, and I wrote that one down, like, what oh, is no, your. Oh, no, that was the other line specifically they called out for the awkwardness. It's that and then the uh, one man or two. Oh, uh, yeah. I think so he funny. says what, I have it written down, but what, it, yeah. yeah, what is your current marital status? Yep. But he delivers it so broken English and dry. Yeah. And then the look on her face. Is, yeah. is just is just gold. And she's she's really good too. I I I thought the acting was really good in this movie yeah. all around. I didn't find anybody to no. be lacking at all. None. You know, None. including even, the two even, writers. Even Fook brought it. Yeah, everybody did. And so Gavin uh, is not successful in his attempt to to kill Ray, which I thought was a nice scene. And and you know when Gavin comes in and and it's one of those why didn't you rat on me? You know, it's like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. You know, in the beginning. When his old friend comes back and, yeah, we just got, you know, we both got busted for stealing cars. Why didn't you rat me out? And he says, you know, you don't know why. It's because I love you. So that's kind of the same kind of schmaltzy thing. Yeah, that I still you know, like. and he's reaching around for the shiv at the same time. Yeah. And then he reaches up for the bed to hand, shake his hands because we're brothers. Yeah. And then it emotionally gets him. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And Gavin, you know, I, I'm like, what is he going to do? And, and he, you know, and this is where, you know, another kind of aha and Detective Paris and Gavin – kind of connect and gavin decides to spill the beans for some reason and uh it turns out to be a bad decision to yeah. uh, confide into this um detective yeah because he, he he told uh ray that it's over meaning that he's going to put it on him you know he's going to end this thing 
So yeah, he yep. confesses to uh, Hilton and Terrace. Harris takes him up onto the <laughs> roof. Always a good sign, right? You're confessing a whole drug thing, and the detective it, goes, "You know what? It look, Sit the roof, baby." L- looking down off the edge of the roof. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I wouldn't go. No. I'd be like, "Well, uh, you know, can, can we do this with an audience at ground level?" That's right. But um, so as expected. Yeah. Detective Paris shoves Gavin right off the roof onto the hood of a car. And the effects of his face in the windshield. That was pretty It was really good. Gory. Yeah. Yeah. And it even scared uh Ziggy half to death. Yeah. He gave out a little scream. So it was Ziggy's car. Yeah. And I like how Ziggy just drives to a neighborhood and just dumps the body on the side and with, <laughs> drives yeah. along. He, he drives away with the bar the body stuck through his windshield. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But it turns out that, you know, now the movie really starts to come to a head. Ray saw everything. And yep. he tries to convince Detective Cross that Paris is is up to no good. And, uh, you know, that's a, an intense scene. You know, Croft is like, you're trying to convince me my partner is a... Yeah, yeah he's slamming his head against a the drug window. dealer or what have you. And, uh, and, and Ray says, you know, oh, you can take the bags out and replace it with glucose. You've done it before. And even that doesn't really trigger Croft. But I think maybe it does a little... It, it had he, to because he he's giving to he's the giving the description bit. of stuff they've already done. Yeah, it's like okay, where do you get this from? Yeah, I think Pat singing at Gavin's funeral is also one of the more uncomfortable moments in this movie. Again, the perfect mobster. I mean, he just you know he's acting uh, emotional at the guy uh, he just had killed right in front of yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now we we ramp up again. Ray has at this point been held uh, for ten days with no charge, and this. The, the the state, as it were, grants two more days. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That it just you you like you're grabbing your stomach and your intestines at yeah. this point. You're holding on and to throughout yourself. Throughout this whole thing, it should be, and we try not to be gross on this episode, but there's gurglings and 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 you know, he's vomiting. He's obviously yeah. getting very sick through this experience. Yep. It's not an Angus Sampson coupled with makeup and art direction and everything. It's an amazing performance. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely has gotten pale. And now we ramp up to to a conclusion pretty fast in that he crafts a plan. I think, and this is what's fun about you know this kind of usual suspecty moments. But he 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 poops out one of them, one bag. Yeah, they don't show it. They just show him taking the one bag and putting it into the sleeping. And there's a sleeping officer in the room, and he yeah. spikes his beer with it. So Which the, I think is pretty fun. And yeah, there's there's always a shift change we haven't mentioned, but there's a midnight. There's a guy that's got to do the overnights. Yeah, and so he's asleep in the chair. So he gets uh, he gets a little direct, uncut pure or cut pure heroin into his beer, which knocks him out completely. Knocks him out. He's got a little heroin hangover the next day. He's like, ah, what the hell? Yeah. But Ray also grabs a quarter, and that's it. Seemingly innocuous, knocks the guy yep. out, grabs a quarter, which I think is great filmmaking. Yeah, the, yeah, cleans. Well, he. Empties out everything else, and then he hides it somewhere because you see, he rinses he rinses oh, yeah. off the bags with the alcohol. Yeah. We know he hides them somewhere. We don't know where. So he is free of the bags, as far as we know. And we cut to the police watching the America's Cup, and I love the Jasmine versus I I wrote down Jasmine versus yacht assholes because she questions the validity validity oh god almost <laughs> all the way validity of you know this rich privileged sport and these yeah. working class cops in an odd way are defending it. But it's like point of Australian pride at that time in 1983. If you know about that well, particular thing. Well, and Hugh, she goes walking in and Hugh goes like strippers here. Yeah. 
yeah. He's just constantly yeah, he's just being a, the he's a creep, super turd. creep on her, yeah. And the TV's messed up, and she says there's 45 minutes left. And these guys are hemming and hawing about the TV. And he ends up getting – Paris is starting to freak out. He ends up getting six extra days. He got no extra days, but he pretended that and said that to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, he was on the phone. He goes, okay, I'll tell him because he said we had to release him. Oh, that's right. That's he, right. Yeah. I thought they really got So, yeah. Yeah, so Hugo Paris. tells Paris he has to release him. He goes, okay, I'll tell him. And he says, we just got six more days. You're mine. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't really work. And Paris, said uh, he offers to unfuck this. And, and a line that I really liked also was Ray just looked up at this guy and says, why'd you kill Gavin? Yeah. Because he knows the really microphone's really a sweet thing. Yeah. But... I, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Did he know or not? Yeah, I, I had a feeling that there was a whole play going on. Yeah, we that. find out um, that there is a, a bouquet of flowers with a, a microphone in it, but uh, uh, Paris confesses a whole lot of stuff. And oh, yeah. Ray takes a dump, nothing in it, and you see the implosion of this Detective Paris. Yeah. Because he, he goes down. Yeah, down he, he had really beaten Ray up bad, too, and then – Ray laying on the floor in a puddle of mess says, I want an X-ray. Yep. You know, yep. just just to, like, put the final stamp That's on it, it that I just kicked your ass. I done. won. And he says, I won, yep. yeah. And uh, um, he's arrested. Croft arrests him, and uh, off you go. I think, you know, when Paris is really intense and he puts that, like, shard of glass in Ray's mouth. Like, it's it's a yeah. really, like, there's some pretty crazy violence in Yeah, this, it was but, either shit or you're going to die yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and then we go kind of buttoning things up over to uh the rat to pat and uh he's not coming through with his end so fook aka fuck hangs up the phone with with uncle yeah or aunt yeah and uh he even tells tells him he's like they say you can't uh talk to the police and, yeah. he, and he doesn't even get it yeah and uh fook takes care of him yeah kills him with a beer keg yeah twice that he didn't kill him twice. He yeah, it's good. hit him twice. And the last scene is uh, is Ray kind of lovingly looking through the window of an electronic shop with a bunch of TVs and where where he works worked. Well, he got his job oh, back. Oh yeah, the yeah. mom got the old yep. job back. Yeah, but the assumption is that uh, Mr. Smarty Pants he put the drugs in the TV. That the quarter was to open the, the back of the asked TV to have the TV removed because yep. uh, it wasn't working. Sent to a repair shop and yeah. He's just staring at his drugs. I'll, yeah, so that to me that was like their interpretation of whatever the true story was. Yeah. Like, so this guy may have gotten away with it, and then yeah. they just kind of wrote a story around it, but I yeah. don't don't know. That makes sense, though. Ah, super fun. Well, um, the real story, it's hard to find a lot about. the. If you look up this movie, you yeah, find more about the Clint Eastwood guy than anything. Cause the 90-year-old? Yeah, yeah I didn't, that's all that kept coming up for me. I didn't find anything. Jamie Brown saw it in a newspaper article, and what I did find uh, was that it was in a newspaper article about a guy who wouldn't go to the bathroom. It was on, like, page 22. <laughs> then when he still hadn't gone, it was on, like, page 10. Then when he still hadn't gone, it was on, like, page two. Was he in detention? He was. Okay. And it was 22 days. No so the real fucking one was 22 way. Days. He, held, he held his shit for 22 days? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the 1983 America's Cup um, is such a big deal because it was a point of pride for Australia. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still um, trying to get my head around that. They, 
were the first successful challenger in 132 years to beat the Americans. Um, uh, England won it in 1851. So that's why it was such a big deal. Wow. And it's kind of funny later on. Angus Simpson was saying that the Australian captain turned out to be a, a criminal. Like he wasn't even from Australia. And so it was a huge <laughs> point of shame. So I think that that's kind of fairly fascinating. But when they wrote the movie, uh, and I may go back and watch it, there's seven races in the America's Cup. And when in the movie, when the Americans won a race, the cops would get closer to Ray. When the Australians won a race, he would get closer to freedom. So they really wrote it with a cadence oh, to this geez. America's Cup thing, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just definitely didn't pick up on that. <laughs> All right. Well, before we do our um, our reviews, I'm going to play my clip. And oh, we got through the whole – yeah, we you didn't – may be wondering why did I not play the, um, the clip um, – Yes, during right. the movie. I, I am wondering that. And the reason is because, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I had technical difficulties, so I'm trying to uh, tee up a YouTube link. But so what I found is somebody did a mashup of all the swearing in this movie. And I think it's funny. And I'm sorry if it's hard to understand, but this is a mashup in the mule of every swear word said. Never had a mule refuse to shit before. No, how long can the bastard last? Shit him out. Shit off. Oh, shit breath. Dog shit you are. You decide to shit, and you can piss. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck that. Fuck me, Rhonda. You fuck off then. Fucking calm down. Fucking here. Fucking. Fucking. Fuck. Cunt. Cunt. Fuck with. Dig it. Dig it. Sugary tits. Fucking maggot. Spoof bag. Fucking mother. Suck my dick. Fucking experiment. Shit. Fuck. Oh. Oh my God! Was that okay. funny? Okay, I, I probably should have put a little something at the top. Uh, <laughs> the one of the oh. expletives that uh, they they use uh, is not commonly uh, known as the woman's genitalia. It's known as just a real asshole in other countries. So, uh, and they spelled it with word. a K yeah. on the sign, which I thought was funny. Maybe that's why they yep. spell it there. So Down, I had a lot of fun with that. To be honest with you, yeah, the, so. the fuck me, Rhonda made me laugh the loudest just now. I, I don't know why, but that it's <laughs> good, right? It was just, that was good. Um, all right. Well, uh, also a guy named Jai Spence plays a character named Permed Keith. I didn't know what character that was, but Permed Keith was a pretty sweet name for me. I bet you it was one of the guys on the team. Yeah, that probably was one of the guys yeah. on the team because one of the guys had a perm. Yeah, all right, that was probably <laughs> Permed Keith. His real name is Keith, and so we'll call him Permed Keith. All right. Well, not a ton of info on this movie, not a lot of trivia on IMDb, not a lot of reviews in general. Uh, again, a lot of the reviews were pretty polarizing, uh, some critical of Angus Simpson's performance. Um, Samson, sorry, if I've been saying Simpson, I apologize. An Angus Samson. No. Um, oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, but I thought he was great. But here is He a, was great. This is a 3 out of 10. Uh, so it wasn't a 1 out of 10. The worst I could find was a fine was a 3 out of 10. That's the first time. And it's titled Will He Poop or Will He Not? Dun, 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 dun. From January 2015, an average man goes to Thailand after winning a holiday through his football team's lottery. What he does not know is that he is being set up 
and the purpose of this trip is to bring drugs into Australia. When he finally gets back to Down Under, the police gets hold of him as they suspect he might be smuggling cocaine or heroin into the country. Since he refuses to have an x-ray taken, he is kept in police custody in a hotel room for about 10 days. Whether or not this sounds like an interesting subject to you, from the 15th minute until the end, the only thing you see is a man lying in bed who makes the utmost effort to not go to the loo while the police wait by his bed. Nothing else happens. If you don't believe me, watch it. When you do, you'll agree that the movie should have been called, quote, the longest poop refusal, end quote. <laughs> Sketchy name, right? The longest poop refusal. As a subject for a movie, after a few minutes, it's start to get a little boring. It It's really based on real events. Then the original story is not good enough to make into a film. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so at least he didn't, he didn't give away the big scene. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have a 10 out of 10. Uh, there are a few. Most of them are positive. But uh, this one's titled, Yes, Disgusting, But Worth It. <laughs> uh, written in 2019, actually. Oh, okay. Five years after it was made. And it has spoilers. Here we go. I've never seen so much hubbub around someone going to the bathroom. But dang, this film, I don't know why. I guess it's the fact that it's the darkest possible content. Anytime you have drugs, <laughs> illicit drugs, there is always that gray area. And here the lines are blurred. The moral compass is spinning out of control. And everything is fragmented, incoherent, all the way even to the end when knots are tied and we find out what's what. Well, I don't think there's a lot of gray area in this at all, to be knots honest. Knots are tied. 100% illegal. But there is so much more, a whole lot more. We end up rooting for this guy, but he's actually now more involved in what was in his stomach than what he assumed the pose, the golden goose. <laughs> what? Okay, I think I screwed that up. But he actually now more involved in what was in his stomach than when he assumed the pose of the golden goose. Okay. The yeah, pose he, of the golden he, goose he didn't a... Uh, do a proofread on that. I don't know what the hell I saw, but the journey was wonderful. It's like taking a good shit, LOL. JK, no, really. <laughs> it does explain everything, and it all ends well, but dangs, with a Z, if even at the very well-explained ending you don't feel even more muddled than when the thing started, but in a good way. For the vehicle of the thing raises a lot of questions and hits on a lot of different variables of our human condition. Excellent film. I would highly recommend it. I actually thought I was watching the new one with Clint Eastwood, but I was wrong. <laughs> All the way to the fucking end. I wonder how far he got before Holy he realized shit, he had but, a different movie. But I was wrong. No wonder the subtitles didn't work. LOL. But I'm so glad I messed up and watched this one. Now I'm going to try out the new one, the 2018 Eastwood film. But honestly, after watching this, I don't think there's any way that it can rival the fun black comedy action multifaceted genre of this version. Nice. There's, I need to rewatch, and maybe I'll bring it onto the show. There's an old, you know, 2000, well, 2004-ish in that, in that group there when I was getting all my magazine subscriptions and all that at that time. Maria Full of Grace. Mm -hmm. And I believe she's either Mexico or, you know, South America, and it's the same kind of thing where she's got to bring drugs right. across, and she's a real innocent mm -hmm. girl. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that one to see. Maybe yeah, we'll I mean, movies like this can be heavy. I can yeah. see areas for comedy, but 
I just thought this was kind of a gem, like you'd say, like uh, <laughs> mining for for gold and. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I I did mean to ask you how how did you discover this film? Uh, it was a one copy at the video store. So. Oh, I love that. See, yeah. it's Brian's metal detecting. Yep, back when those were a thing. Um, what, mom? What's a video store? <laughs> <laughs> email us i will have a candid and frank conversation with you about the importance of the video store but thank you for <clears throat> excuse me i'm gonna have a moment yeah well here fill the silence I'm gonna the sit. video stores may come back someday just like the record albums have i agree i agree and that would be awesome but uh thanks for watching this i hope you liked it i did it, and, was, it was great uh, i think you know, do you want do you want to hear the swear montage one more time? I do. Let's yep. let's let's ride right, we'll do it the swear out. Swear montage one more time, and then we're going to close this. Thank you so much, all, for listening. Thank you for being fans, and for supporting independent film. Uh, all right, I want to hear the swear. Here's the swear montage one more time. <laughs> Never had a mule refuse to shit before. No, how long can the bastard last? Shit him out. Dog shit you are. You decide to shit, and you can piss. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck that. Fuck me, Rhonda. You fuck off that. Fuck, fuck. Fucking calm down. Fucking here. Fuck am I? Fucking. Fucking. Fuck. fuck with. Dickhead. Dickhead. Pinbit. Sugary tits. Fucking maggot. Spoof bag. Balls. Scope, you fucking mother. Suck my dick. Fucking experiment and shit. Fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, Todd. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Ryan. We'll always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little bit. Love it. It's just a little You'll love it. It's just a little independent. You're going to love it. It's just a little I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, like, yeah. Just a little independent.